0: Hey, good morning, Graceway family. Uh, for those of you who don't know who, I, don't know who I am, my name is Adam Fagankella, and I'm an elder here at Graceway Community Church. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you this morning uh, in your home groups as we look through this week's readings from John chapter 12, verse 34, uh, through the end of John chapter 14. Uh, so for this morning, I want to kind of just jump right in. am going to be looking at primarily John chapter 12 from this week's readings uh, and I wanted to pick up in verse 36 excuse me it says while you have the light believe in the light so that you may become sons of light and this is where I wanted to cue up is is this break after Jesus's quote um, John kind of interrupts this session and uh, you know Jesus teaching And he says, these things Jesus proclaimed, and he went away and hid himself from them. But though he had performed so many signs in their sight, they still were not believing in him. I just want to kind of highlight that for you to store in your brain. uh, A lot of miracles, a lot of signs, a lot of sights, and people were not believing. Um, Verse 38, this happened. So that the word of Isaiah the prophet, which he spoke, would be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 39, for this reason they could not believe. For Isaiah said again, verse 40, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts so that they will not see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and be converted. And so I will not heal them. Verse 41, These things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and he spoke about him. Nevertheless, even many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him so that they would not be excommunicated from the synagogue. For they loved the approval of people rather than the approval of God. So we'll we'll stop there for a second. Um, And I wanted to kind of circle back uh, To these Isaiah quotes That John uh, puts in The first quote uh, is in Verse 38 in John chapter 12 uh, And it comes from Isaiah chapters 53 And it is a Beautiful messianic Prophetic poetry uh, That I would actually encourage You guys to read together uh, And just read it and Just meditate and let it kind of soak in And just just worship God, man. It is so, so good. Um, I love Isaiah. And, and then, so that's a direct quote. Lord who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Um, so that's Isaiah 53 verse one. But it's, it's, it's set there so that you can kind of download the entire section of that scroll in your brain. It's you know not just taking uh, a quote and just putting it in for you to just look at that one thing. Uh, A lot of times, these authors do things like that, so that you can download an entire section, the before and after of what's written, because they don't really have a lot of... (laughs) uh, They don't really... you know, these guys are writing with the ink and paper. uh, That was very expensive, by the way, uh, and in most cases, took like teams of people to write. I mean, if, if you go look at Paul's letters at the end of, let's say, Romans, uh, you see like all these shout outs from like the team and the crew that's that's there with Paul, and then you even see the guy who's been who's performing the scribe duties of actually writing and says, "Oh, and by the way, here I am, uh, go check it out you'll see it it's pretty pretty cool but so there's this whole process to writing back then in first you know in the first century um that we just take for granted you know I can text and autocorrect and and, uh, you know, delete multiple times before I finally send something out. Um, These guys don't have that luxury. You know, think of like a typewriter. You know, when we're using typewriters, for those of you who can remember typewriters, you know, you're a little more careful with your words on a typewriter (laughs) because mistakes are a lot more costly. So anyhow, when you see a quote from the Old Testament, always go check it out and don't just read that verse. Go look at it. Context and read it's entire. Okay, so verse 40. It says, He is blinded. This is another Isaiah quote from Isaiah chapter 6. He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their heart so that they will not see with their eyes and understand with their heart and be converted. And so I will not heal them. Now what's interesting is if you go look at Isaiah chapter 6, uh, you know, I know we just talked about how, you know, they would quote things and they intend for you to have the entire section sometimes in mind but john does something a little different because he paraphrases uh, this section uh i isaiah chapter 6 verse 9 this is after that host i don't know if you've heard it before where he says whom can i send and i said and i said here i am send me Right, it's a very powerful moment, and you know something that you would hear growing up. It's like, who, who whom can I send? And we're supposed to be here. I am send me, yeah. <laughs> And so this is this is his marching orders. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Uh, those are like terrible <laughs> directions. Like really, this is what you want me to say? Uh, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So John is taking this section and he's paraphrasing, it. but there's a turn of phrase that he uses, uh, which you could say, oh, well, you know, it's all about the same. So he uses, so Isaiah says intentionally, Make the heart of this people dull, callous. Uh, the Hebrew word there is actually, um, it, it is about being dull, but it's also just being oily and gross and kind of like make fat to make their heart fat, <laughs> uh, which you would assume is more of a lethargic, you know, the, you, you understand the visual, the imagery that is there. Whereas if you look at uh, John's word, it's to be hardened so it's you know to be stubborn to make callous to make hard um but the word "harden" their heart now let me ask you a question is there another example in the bible that you can think of where god hardened their heart so some of you may think of pharaoh in in exodus and and it's the same thing that that i thought of when I heard the phrase, harden their heart, because that's the exact words that we see in the Exodus story and what God does to Pharaoh. Now, for some of you say, well, how can you make that leap? Why, why, you know, that's not, John is saying he's quoting from Isaiah, (laughs) and he is. And so what I want to just help you understand some of my thought process is, so in today's writings, you know, we have, you know this isn't a new thing but it's it's this approach to writings called it's a literary approach and what i'm specifically looking at is these literary designs and patterns so their sequence of words that the authors this is ancient jewish literature mind you okay written thousands of years ago they have a different set of tools a different set of imagery that they're working with different from mine. So, so it's foreign to me. Um, and, but it's not foreign to them. And so they're using what they have in their own ancient Jewish grab bag of literary designs. So time out, what would be something that is in my modern grab bag, something that I could use that would help you relate to other stories. So if I said the words once upon a time, immediately your mind would connect the phrase once upon a time to a fairy tale and so because you understand that once upon a time is related to a fairy tale we can just kind of assume in a land far far away there lived a you know a princess in a tower (laughs) you know and then at the end of the story what what's the key phrase and they lived happily ever after right so these words are literary patterns right or a design that is supposed to cue the reader or the listener and attach it to this whole string of uh, you know to this whole series of, of types of literature okay backtrack so I'm just explaining to you kind of something in our modern context that we can say once upon a time your brain goes oh yeah I lived in a place far far away and it's a fairy tale and they live happily ever after, after, you know, whatever happens. This is ancient <laughs> ancient Jewish literature. They don't have our same modern tool bags. And so what they're using is what they have in their set. So he hardened their heart. So you go look at, say, okay, this is this is a trigger here. So let me go look at The story in Exodus and see how this relates and so a lot of times when I'm reading through the Bible you know we have to you have to think of the Bible as like a layered cake you know you can read the top you can read through John and you know it's very you know it's delicious you know but you're just kind of getting the surface of the cake and that's can you well maybe not cake because it's not uh very nourishing to your body but so say this is a very nutrient healthy cake I love cake by the way uh, but so you can live off you know what you see on the surface very well and but what we see in John is he adds he gives you another layer so he says hey check out Isaiah so read this meditate eat the mm, delicious oh check out Isaiah oh wow this is this adds a little more flavor <laughs> you know you're going into it's not that it's better or it's just it just gives more texture gives more flavor um, and so What I believe John is doing here, is he's also giving us another layer for us to meditate on. He does this all the time. I mean, these guys are, remember this is divinely inspired literature. literature. God breathe, okay? (laughs) These guys are really smart. They're really smart and they're intentional. And it's meant for the readers like you and I, to read through, to meditate, to study, and to think about, Day and night, right? Someone. Um, So anyway, so looking through Exodus, you know, thinking, okay, let's check it out. Let's check it out and see how this relates. Because really, I'm just cued in on this hardened heart. You know, because I'm like, man, I don't want to be hardened heart. You know, I want to have a heart that listens to God. Um, But God intended for some of their hearts to be hardened. So I look at the story of Pharaoh, if maybe I can understand um, so I'm looking through it and over and over you see these signs and wonders you know think of the, the ten plagues Think of John chapter 12 verse 37 but though he had performed so many signs in their sights they were still not believing and so you see over and over through this Exodus story these signs and these wonders not wonders these plagues but you know essentially these divine demonstration Of God's power yet Pharaoh would not believe and so all the way through the Exodus story up into the last plague that his heart was hardened you see this interruption and then you see this whole dialogue in Exodus and instructions on what (laughs) the Passover which is exactly the setting that we see here in John chapter 12 now I could I don't want to go too too much in You know in depth into some of these things because they're meant for us to meditate on these things aren't The scripture is meant for us not just to have one serving Um, you know, but it's a continual meditation day and night and it's ultimately for us to know god uh, And to worship him um, And to learn to listen to his voice So uh, a couple things I wanted to highlight in the exodus story um, that I think help us understand, uh, you know, why God hardened their hearts and how their hearts were hardened. Because you see, three different ways. You know, God says He hardened their hearts, but initially you see Pharaoh hardened his own heart, um, and then, but He hardened in His own heart. Why? Because His His stubbornness. And in verse, in chapter five, verse two, this is Pharaoh after Moses' uh, first request for his people to. Just go out and, and worship their God, right? Three days journey, Moses says. But Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know this Yahweh. And besides, I will not let Israel go. And so we see right off the bat, before before we get into, <laughs> into anything too deep uh, with the way that things lined up with the plagues and all that is it's about his name it's about God's name and demonstrating his name not just to Pharaoh and the nations and God showing his power, but also to his people. And so what was the name that was, what what was so important about God's name to his people? You know, his people may have very well known the lettering of his name, right? Because he revealed that to Abraham. So, who God was, maybe wasn't necessarily uh, a mystery by like address, a name tag, but the heart of who God was, was not known to his people. And that heart in this Exodus story is about justice, is about liberation, it's about freedom, okay? And that sets the tone for the Jewish believers at this time that were waiting in exile for another exodus. They were waiting for a demonstration of Yahweh to come and to liberate them from their oppressors and their rulers, which at this, this stage was Rome. And they wanted it in this demonstrative way that we see here in the story of Exodus. But what Jesus is saying is, hey, think of Daniel 7, if you can remember that teaching a little while ago. What Jesus was overthrowing wasn't the rulers that we would perceive, which is, you know, Rome. What Jesus uh, liberated us from was the principalities, the the evil rulers of this land that, (laughs) that we are enslaved to, right? Just like the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites back then and so Jesus's exodus for us is one of freedom he came to set the captives free right uh, you know open eyes to the blind heal those who are sick he came to set captives free to free the slaves that people have become from the principalities of this world and that's sin and that's sin. Um, Let's go back to John, and and, and we'll continue reading uh, the rest of that. Now Jesus cried out and said, The one who believes in me does not only believe in me, but also in him who sent me. And the one who sees me sees him who sent me. Jesus is lining it up here, saying, hey, I am Yahweh. (laughs) If you see me, you see Yahweh. He's saying we're one. He's saying this event in Exodus and what I am doing here are the same. And it was hard for them to see. And, uh, and, and it said pretty clearly why they were unable to see. is because they were seeking the approval of others, rather than the approval of God. He says, I have come as a light into the world so that no one who believes in me will remain in darkness if anyone hears my teaching and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Talking about speaking the truth in love. Jesus, like nobody could nobody could do it like him. Uh, the one who rejects me and does not accept my teachings has one who judges him. The word which I spoke that will judge him on the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore the things I speak, I speak just as the father has told me. So I'd like to end there for today and just encourage you to discuss, uh, with your groups and to pray together. And to really dig into the word that helps nourish our bodies and gives us sustenance uh, in Jesus' name. Father God, I I thank you so much for just your grace um, that you have given us, Lord, Father. Your gift, Father, which is your son, Lord. A gift that, Father, we can't receive without being transformed, Lord. Uh, I just I just think of Ephesians 1 father. How can we receive this gift Lord without being changed and renewed? Uh, Because of what you have done because of who you are uh, in the midst of our Slavery in the midst of our sin in the midst of our death Lord. You came to us (laughs) And so we are yours father not by our own muster Lord but by the grace that you have given us, Father, so that we may be transformed and we may be renewed by the power of your Holy Spirit that is living and dwelling amongst us. We thank you and we pray these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, hope you have a great week. Be blessed.